Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Sing Along. Get the monkey. Yet another Christmas season and another Christmas craptacular. But hey, don't be all down. Come on, it's Christmas. So don't be down. Be happy. It's Christmas. Anyway, what am I talking about? Let's get, we got a, a lot to get into here. So let's talk about our sponsor, InStockTrades.com. Go to InStockTrades.com. Every trade you see there is in stock, hence the name. Oh, clever bastards. Where you could get everything from 30 to, I mean, they have a clearance section where some stuff's like 70, 80% off. So, I mean, if you're looking for a last minute gift for that geek you forgot, then go to instocktrades.com. They got hardcovers, uh, omnibus, zzz, absolutes. They got, uh, you know, manga mangas. You name it. And old regular old trade paperback from every company that's out there. So check it out in stocktrades.com. Now, we're going to do the second part of the DC Superstar Holiday Special from 1980. And we left off with Batman. We did Jonah Hex and Batman. We have three stories to get to today. So strap in, people. Let's go. Here we go. There's a land beyond human understanding. A realm we visit only in our darkest nightmares. Merry Christmas. It's a world of the weird. And you can explore it, even on Christmas Eve, if you dare to enter the House of Mystery. What? And then there's Cain. Uh, not the wrestler Cain, but Cain from Cain and Abel from House of Mystery. And he's hanging outside the house, and he goes, I don't see him. I don't see him, guys. In fact, I don't see anything out here tonight. And you go inside, and there's Abel, and then the three witches from the witching hour. There's the there's the fat witch, and then there's the skinny haggard witch, and then there's the hot-ass witch. Hey, now. And then you know who's just hanging out? Hanging out by the fire, the roaring fire, where their stockings um, hung with care? Destiny. Yeah. Just Destiny. Who's at your Christmas party right now? Huh? Bob from accounting? 
Yeah, I bet you it's not fucking destiny. Holy shit. The questions I would have for that guy. What's destiny like when he's filled with eggnog? When he's all drunk? Does destiny put his ass on the on the copier and make copies of his ass cheeks and hand him out to all the chicks in the office? He might. Who knows? Maybe him and Bob would get in accounting would get along great. You don't know. So they got three witches, Cain, Abel, and Destiny. What? Okay, so here we go. So the big witch says, Maybe that map he drew for him was wrong, fatso. I wouldn't That's a little bit of the pot in the kettle there. And then Abel's all like, Don't. Oh, no, that's Abel's the fat one. Cain's the skinny one. My bad. It was Abel that was outside. Not Cain the wrestler, nor Cain from House of Mystery. Um... So Cain says, the skinny one, he goes, You don't call my brother Abel fat, you Goodyear reject. Oh my god, it's getting it's going down. And then the the, the haggard witch says, What do you say about my sister, morbid Cain? We witches have the power, you know. Destiny, you know what he's doing? Hanging out by the fireplace with his little book. So they're all arguing and uh oops, sorry, you hear me flipping the books? And he's like and Abel goes, yeah, the power to put us to sleep with your dull stories. And then the big witch goes, oh, yeah? Well, I bet we could tell a better Christmas story than you two clowns. And then Abel's like, oh, no, Cain's like, I don't know who's who. <laughs> I'm confused. I read good stuff. And then he's all, Cain's all in, why don't you go ahead and try? And we'll see how long we can stay awake. So the big witch goes, Okay. <laughs> it was foggy it was a foggy Christmas Eve off the coast of Florida when Dave Desmond's yacht struck an unseen reef and broke up leaving Dave, his wife and two children adrift in a small lifeboat and his wife Dave's, Dave Desmond's wife says any idea which way to head to have and Dave goes I think the land is this way honey Keep your ear out for the sound of the of the breakers along the shore. And the little girl says, Mommy, I'm scared. And the little boy says, I'm scared too. I want to go home. And the mom says, We'll be home soon, gal. Daddy will take us home. And then she looks up and she goes, Dave, look. And, and the big witch says, Everyone was startled by the mother's sudden explanation. But when they saw what they had seen, they knew their Christmas would not end in disaster. And you know what's up there? The North Star. The star is back, son, in the sequel! Well, it's not really the sequel. Sequel for us, not for the book. It's actually just page, like, 48 or whatever. Anyway, he says, There's a light. There must be a lighthouse nearby. Actually, dude, that's a star, I think. But anyway, so then the hot witch says, With newfound strength, darling Davy rode towards the light. Determined to find land before the beacon was again swallowed by the fog. And at last, there it is, he says. And his wife says, Thank the Lord, lighthouse keepers don't take the holidays off. And then, but when the lighthouse keeper arrived on the beach moments later, my light, but my light wasn't working. Sorry, I forgot who I was there. Let me try that again. My light! My light! My light's not working! It's been out of service for a week. Then? Then what? 
You saved our lives, sir. If not for your light, we might have died out there. In the confusion, they all looked in the sky and saw. But it's a special star, Monty. A Christmas star. Glory be, we were following that star. And if any of them had bothered to check his watch at that moment, they would have noticed it was midnight. The witching hour. That was not scary at all. So Cain goes, You call that a story? I got one that'll put you three to shame. And Abel's like, Let me tell it. And he goes, Shut up, Walrus Breath. I'm the storyteller in the family, not you. You know what Destiny's doing? Standing by the Christmas tree with his big book of that's called Cosmic Log. All right, here we go. Cain says, Jeremiah Potash was a pawnbroker whose greatest love of the was the accumulation of wealth. And he says, he's looking at this diamond with one of those big diamond thingies in his, in his eyeball. And he goes, this is not a very good diamond, Mrs. Toyner. I don't know why I'm making it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, not much better than common glass. I'll give you $20 for it. And she says, but Mr. Potash, my husband paid much more than that when he bought it 35 years ago. I wouldn't even sell the ring, but I need the money. I need the money to buy some food for our Christmas dinner. Well, then take the $20, and with my best wishes for a Merry Christmas. And then he's thinking to himself, mine will really be merry when I resell the ring for 400 bucks. Oh, he's rude. It was said that Jeremiah could squeeze blood out of a stone, and they never missed the opportunity to out-haggle a customer. But on that particular Christmas Eve, he may have met his match. And he says, this guy comes in with a beard, white beard, and a, a coat and top hat and a, and a Doctor Who scarf. And he, and he says, yes, sir, can I be of service to you? And he's, Mr. Potash, I'm sure we can be service of service to each other. I have <laughs> a bargain I'd like to strike with you. I don't know why. Uh, sometimes voices just come to me. We'll go with it. Oh, then I assume you have something to sell, he says. And he goes, I have this, but I also have more of a trade in mine. And he opens up this box, and there's this big diamond in the box, right? And, he, and, and Mr. Bodash is like, A trade, sir, if this gem is real. I'll gladly trade you almost any item in my shop. And and the guy goes, It's genuine, all right. It's the largest diamond in the world. And in exchange, I want every item in this shop. And he goes, Well, sir, that's a bit too much, even for a gem this size. There are a lot of valuable items in my inventory. And he goes, Items valuable to the poor people you squeeze so hard to get them? Items worth far more than the value you've paid for them? The pawnbroker pondered the stranger's remark, but only until visions of dollar signs began to dance in his head, and then he says, You drive a hard bargain, sir. <laughs> See? He's changing voices. You don't know who's who. Me neither. And I'm looking at the pictures. He says, uh, I'm sure this deal will be a fair exchange for both of us. And he's thinking to himself, you deserve all this junk, and I can retire to the Riviera with a fortune I'll make selling this rock. And he goes, just what are you planning to do with all these things, sir? Open up your own shop? 
Perhaps I could interest you in this one. It could be yours for the mo for a modest sum. And in in the the um, guy in the top in the in the overcoat goes, "No, thank you, Mister Potash. I have other plans for these items. Thanks a lot." And for like I don't know, he he just has everything in two sacks. Like the guy's entire store is in two sacks, and he walks out. And he goes, and he goes. Thank you, sir. Come again. And he, and then he's thinking to himself. He goes, "You old fool! This diamond is my ticket to the easy life." And he opened it up, and he goes, "What? Coal! It's turned to coal!" And he goes, "You crook! You chip me! This is this is a lump of coal!" And 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 this guy goes. The guy in the, in the overcoat says, "A coal is what diamonds are made of, Mister Bordash, Bordash, Budash, all you've got to do is squeeze it for a few million years. You know how to squeeze, don't you? And then all of a sudden, the guy takes off his overcoat and his hat, and he's Santa Claus, and he jumps in his sleigh, and it's filled with that pawnbroker's stuff, and he goes, Merry Christmas, Mr. Potash. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. And then Abel goes, or Cain goes, and that, dear witches, is our story. And then, uh, Abel's throwing gifts at candy canes at him and hits him in the head. And he goes, what do you mean our story, you you story hog? You didn't let me say a word. <laughs> and there's an, there's an ad for the movie 1941 starring Nancy Allen, Christopher Lee, John Belushi. Wow. Dan Aykroyd. Anyway, the two brothers are fighting and all of a sudden Destiny steps up and he goes, please cease this nonsense at once. I would like your attention while I tell my Christmas story, which will easily be the best of the three. All right, ready? He goes, Brad Benlin was a rocket pilot plane whose feelings about the Christmas star was certainly different from everyone else's. And he's flying his rocket ship, and he's talking to the guy. He goes, I'm telling you, Charlie, that star is too spooky to be real. I know I got... I gotta be some kind of I know it's gotta be some kind of UFO and I'm gonna catch it to prove it. And then Charlie's like, You're bonkers, Brad. You can't chase a star and he goes, There it is, Charlie, and I'm gonna bring it home. Charlie's objections went unheeded when as Brad pushed the rocket plane to maximum speed and beyond. I got you now, bogey And he's flying with the rocket ship And he goes Face to Brad. You're asking for trouble, pal. That plane can't handle that speed. Slow it down, Brad. You're about to be, to exceed the speed of light. Brad, the ship's gonna break up. And he's like, I gotta catch it. Gotta catch it. As the fuel tanks exploded, the rocket plane crashed through the time barrier with an explosion that was seen across the ages. And it shows his rocket ship's blowing up. And then as it's blowing up, you see that the wise men are following the explosions from the sky, which they think are, that's right, that's right, Julie, stars. And then the hot witch is like, wait a minute, Destiny, are you trying to tell us that the Christmas star is actually an exploding plane? This story is supposed to be true? And he says, perhaps, Cynthia, but that is just one of the many secrets of the haunted house. Urgh. And then Abel's like, or no, and then the hot witch is all like, you got a nerve saying that your story was the best. 
and then uh, and then the the haggard witch is is poking destiny with the broom, and he goes, "Beware, madam, your destiny is not in battle." And then Cain is he put punch over poured a bowl of punch over the big witch's head, and he goes, "How about a punch in the head, you old witch?" And Des and then you hear, "Stop!" And then the witches go, "It's the phantom stranger, and Madam Xanadu." Have you all forgotten the meaning of the holiday? This is the season of peace and friendship, of sharing. And then Abel goes, And of gifts. It's about time you guys showed up. The hot witch says, Well, you know, maybe Fanny's got... Fanty's... Not Fanny. Fanty's got some, <laughs> something there. We shouldn't be fighting. And then the haggard witch goes, Correct, stranger. You showed up at just the right. And she turns around and he's gone. She goes, He's gone! But he all left Madame Xanadu there, like the chick he tried to ditch at a party. And then Abel's looking up the fireplace, and he goes, maybe he... And then Cain goes, he didn't go up the chimney, you lunkhead. And then uh, the big witch goes, hey, did anybody hear, just hear a ho, ho, ho? And then, you know what Destiny's doing? He's macking on Madame Xanadu by the fireplace. And it says... For more macabre adventures await you each month in the House of Mystery, Ghosts, The Unexpected, and The Secrets of the Haunted House. That was a lot of horror titles in 1980. I mean, I know a lot of them were coming to an end around this time, but still. And where are we going? We're going from the House of Mystery to World War II, son! Sergeant Rock. I'm Rock. Well, that's this is him talking. And he goes, I'm Rock. Sergeant, easy company. Easy been in, in the line so long, we didn't know what day, week, or month it was. Combat was just a letter in the alphabet. K. For K rations. For killing. And this story is called Sergeant Rock of Easy Company in The Longest Night. So we got them. They're all marching through the snowy woods. And, uh... Uh, sergeant's like lift them up put them down easy we gotta kick the krauts out of out of the town of Santa Maria before they could throw a monkey wrench in the treads of Patton's tanks a day behind us oh so they're a day ahead of Patton and his tanks that's what, that's what he's saying and the, and the guy behind him says it's darker in the rear darker than the rear balcony of Lowe's Flatbush during the late show Rock how'd you expect us to find Santa Maria and then he looks up and, he, and he's holding a compass and he goes, no sweat, bulldozer. The skipper gave me his radium compass. And all of a sudden, a shot fires and the compass explodes in his hand. And all of a sudden, Sergeant Rock turns around with his machine gun and he goes, buda, 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 buda. And all of a sudden, thud, a body comes out of the tree. It's a German sniper. And all of a sudden, wild man, that's the dude with the beard, he goes, your compass is kaput, Rock, thanks to that sniper. How are we going to find our way to Santa Maria in the dark? I'm going to gonna toss a, a coin in the air, I guess. Guess what? Guess what? They look up in the sky. You know what they see? That's right. That star. Now, is it a star or an exploding starship? We don't know. <laughs> so Rock goes, we'll navigate by the star, wild man. Never seen one as, as bright. And, and he goes, it must be the North Star. As long as it, I keep it behind us. East is on our right, and that's where Santa Maria is. Lift up your socks, easy. The war's this way. 
So really, the Germans just sent out one sniper. One sniper. So who actually has a swastika labeled on the on the stock of his rifle? Did did the Nazis do that really? Like kind of like your mom writing in your underwear, right? Hitler just put swastikas on all their equipment. <laughs> so anyway, so all of a sudden they're they're walking, and they see a bunch of lights coming towards them. It's Rocco's safety's off easy. Something funny's coming up on our left flank, right? And it's all it's a nun with a bunch of villagers holding candles and they're 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 walking in the dark. And Sergeant Rock says, Where are you going, sister? And he goes And she says, Where our people have gone to pray for a miracle for the past eight hundred years, Sergeant, to the shrine at Santa Maria. And then he says, You better wait till the war's enemy you better wait till the war's over for your miracle, sister. The enemy's in Santa Maria, and they'll zero in on your candles you're using to light your way and kill you. Go back, he says. And some lady carrying a, a baby says, Santa Maria waits for us, Signor. We must not keep her waiting. If it is God's will that we die, it could not happen on a better night. Wait a minute, whoa. And then uh, the nun says, If we live to reach the shrine at Santa Maria, we'll pray for you for you and your men, Sergeant. Flip. So they're like, What now, Rock? And and, uh, and Rock says, Double time easy. We've got to take that town bef- before these, these people get there, or it'll be a massacre. With those candles, they're walking bullseyes. But as long as that star shines... <laughs> We're heading the right way. So they find, look, they find the town, okay? And he's like, there it is. That star led us right to Santa Maria. You know, he's just been saying it for the past four pages. And he's like, I'm taking point. Bulldozer, have easy follow me and a skirmish line. No bunching up. So Rock starts running. And uh, Bulldozer goes, don't press your, your luck, Rock. Take it easy. And Rock says, nothing's ever easy and easy. You should know that by now. And all of a sudden, the clouds cover the star. <gasps> and he goes, the clouds blanket in the star. That makes it much simpler for me to slip into town. Oh, so that's a good thing. And he's like, this place is a graveyard. There's exploded tanks everywhere. and Buildings are bombed as shit. And he's like, I better be careful. And then he goes, my combat antenna's buzzing me. Someone's got me in their sights. Holy shit, Sergeant Rock has spidey sense. And all of a sudden, there's a shot from a window, but it misses him. And he goes, Kraut's in that bakery. And they're not baking bread. And he throws a grenade, and it explodes, and there's Nazi bodies everywhere. And then he starts, and then he goes, there's something moving in that cellar. And then he starts shooting in a cellar and killing more Nazis. Fa la 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 la. And all of a sudden, this little kid sticks his head out the window. He goes, don't shoot. Do not shoot. And Sergeant Rock's like, a kid? What are you doing in that cellar, Bambino? What's your name? Where are your parents? And he goes, I'm not even kidding. He goes, I'm a Mario. I'm a Mario. Mario is Eddie. Mama and Papa hid me here before they shot. Everyone at Santa Maria shot. I'm all alone now with my pizza pie. He didn't say that part. And he goes, you got to get out of here, Mario, quick. You'll find your people down the road. They'll take care of you. They're coming to pray for America. A miracle, not America. 
no, no, you said a miracle. And he goes, there's no miracle in Santa Ana, only a death. And he goes, that's no way for a kid to talk, Mario. Miracles happen. You just got to pray hard enough. A prayer bring a back a mama and papa? And he says, sorry, Bambino, can't help you there. Now get out of town. Just stick to the shadows and you'll be safe. Take off, Mario. Beat it. Stop following me. You only attract the uh, where you only attract lead where I'm going. Go back. Go back. He's all like yelling at a dog. You know, like he's yelling at a dog. So he's going through and he's like, for his own good, I gotta shake that bambino. But that won't be too hard. <laughs> I've been out running lead from the Kazarine Pass to Anzo. And, he, and all of a sudden, who's there? And it's 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 uh it's Mario. And he goes, "How'd you get here, airmail?" He goes, "Shortcut in the alley." You got a cigarette, Joe? And he goes, "Cigarette? You're too young to smoke. Besides, smoking bad for you. What do you want to grow up to be a midget?" That's what he said. Sort of guy. And he goes, "Here, try some of this." And it's a chocolate bar. And he goes, ah, chocolate's only for kids. Well, yeah, that's not Mario. I don't know who the hell this guy is. <laughs> he goes, then. And that's when my combat antenna started buzzing again. And he goes, Kraut, 88, the Widowmaker down. And they're in front of this big statue of uh, the the Virgin Mother. And it's a it's Kraut shooting this big, huge cannon thing. And, oh, and it is Mario. Okay, he throws him down. He goes, eat dirt, Mario. Keep your head down and pray for a miracle. And he goes, there's a nomadical in Santa, Santa Maria. I forgot where I am. And then Brock's running. He goes, the Krauts must have sighted easy with, with night goggles. They'll mow him down. And he goes, and then those other people are coming after him. And he got sh- he throws a grenade and he gets, he gets clipped in the arm. Sergeant Rock does. He gets clipped in the arm. And you know what he does? One grenade blows up the... One, two, three, four, five Nazis, a giant cannon, and a huge statue of the Virgin Mother. And he goes, easy can walk in now. And those people could pray for a miracle at their shrine. And little Mario goes, no shrine, no miracle. Statue was a shine. You blow up at a shrine of the Santa Maria. And he goes, I didn't know. What can I tell him? And he goes, there's nothing I could do. Nothing easy could do. Except wait and watch. So they go around the base of the statue. And, uh... And Easy Company's just watching all these people pray. At the bottom, he's, They've been there praying there for hours for a miracle. Where their candles went out in the dark. And then... <laughs> and then Mario, the, uh... The ever, uh... Op, the the big optimist that he is goes no shrine no miracle in Santa Maria only hope no, he goes no hope only the dark and then all of a sudden the clouds part and there's a huge light in the sky and Sergeant Rock goes what's that the whole sky blazing like a giant flare and Mario goes it's a miracle a miracle in Santa Maria and then the nun goes no Bambino the miracle is in the skies there it's the star of Bethlehem, the Christmas star, a shining beacon in our hour of darkness. Faith needs no shrine. Our hearts are shrines, and our love can light up the world.
Oh, that's nice. After you kill a shit ton of people, it's exactly what you want to hear. Go easy. Where are we going now? World War II. Oh, and it says, uh, join the Combat Happy Joes of Easy Company every month in Sergeant Rock. All right, here we go. Where are we? We're going. We went from World War II to the future, son. The year is 2979 A.D. The city is Metropolis. The planet, Earth. The flying figure is, of course, Superboy, breaking the time barrier to visit the most extraordinary band of heroic youths in the galaxy, the Legion of Superheroes, starring in Starlight, Starbright, Furthest Star I See Tonight. And Superboy is all. Paul Levitz wrote this. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez and Dick Giordano uh, did the art. And, of course, it's going to be beautiful. All right? So Superman, Superboy's thinking to himself, he goes, Legion headquarters is coming together again quickly. Oh, so they're building again. I guess something happened to it because it says, see issues of Legion's own mag for details. Too bad it won't be finished for Christmas Day. But I guess that's too big a present to expect from Santa. What the hell? How How do you think they celebrate Christmas in 2,979 uh, A.D., the year of our Lord? Anyway, so mon in there, and he's like, couldn't keep away after all, eh, Superboy? And he goes, you know me, mon I'm the original sentimental sucker. And, and uh, mon says, see you later, then. I got another three hours of guard duty to pull. And mon just hanging out. On a scaffolding in the, in the snow, just hanging out. And so Superboy is thinking to himself, he goes, I haven't been around to re. They haven't gotten around to redecorating the old underground passages, I see. Now that's a real shame. Nobody should have to look at bricks on Christmas. And all of a sudden, Superboy goes, Hey, mistletoe, maybe I spoke too soon. And Phantom Girl comes phasing out of the wall and she gives him a big kiss. And she goes, not just mistletoe, Superboy. And he's all, Phantom Girl. And she goes, in the intangible flesh, naturally. Sorry if I surprised you. And he goes, PG, I don't know if Ultra Boy, Ultra Boy ever makes you apologize for kissing him. But if he does, you could tell him from me that he's crazy. Oh, so they must be together, Ultra Boy and Phantom Girl. And she says, thanks. We better hurry. If I keep hogging your company, the others will roast me alive. Whoa, they got different rules in the future. Back up. Saturn girl's on like some kind of monitor thingy looking up at this universe. And she says, hello, Superboy. Glad you could join us for the holiday. And he's all, Merry Christmas, Saturn girl. And Phantom girl goes, do you believe it, Superboy? Saturn Girl has to be the only person in the cosmos who volunteers to, for extra duty on Christmas Eve. Well, she's from another planet. Maybe she doesn't celebrate Christmas. Why don't you back up? And then uh, Superboy's like, well, it takes all kinds, Phantom Girl. And then uh, Saturn Girl says, when you're married to a Legionnaire, it's a little different, friends. Garth and I think of the Legion as our home. And then Superboy says, yes, but you don't, don't you and Lightning Lad have your own? And he goes, wow. And then you see, he's like, what's that? And they're looking at a big screen and she goes, that Superboy is one way Christmas celebrated in the 30th century. 
Karate Kid invited Princess Projecta and Sunboy to his home in Japan for the holidays. And it's all like... It basically looks like a... Uh, it's got the rice paper walls and the bonsai tree. And it's got this weird, funky, floating... Like... Christmas tree. It's weird. His Christmas includes a form of ancient tea ritual to be shared only by close friends. And then she shows different... All different uh, things. And she's like, we want our own variety of celebrations from the firework trees display on Snarl to Chameleon Boy's world of Durla, where Christmas isn't a holiday, so he remains on Space Patrol. <laughs> that was kind of, you're trying to show us how they all celebrate, but you show us one of the guys who's not celebrating. And then you got Colossal Boy, who's at home, and, and, uh, and Saturn Girl goes, and to those homes on Earth, like Colossal Boy, there's Hanukkah as a holiday instead of Christmas. And then Phantom Girl says, The monitor boards can, can call up dozens of other worlds, too. And then Wildfire walks in. He's like, There's a hundred different ways of saying it, Superboy. But the message is still peace on Earth. Superboy says, Maybe, Wildfire, but maybe not. What about the simple old-fashioned Christmases? With a real tree and all. And he goes, I'll trade your star-spanning futuristic technology for a little tinsel right now. Well, Superboy, well, I'd have... Where the fuck did you go? You could have just went to Smallville. You could have had all that shit. You're from the past. You could have just stayed home. Anyway, Wildfire's like, aren't you overreact? And he goes, wait a minute. I just got an idea. To make all that te technology pay off. Have you guys ever gone looking for the, the star that blazed over Bethlehem at Christmas? And Saturn goes, no, but I think we're about to. And dude, they get in this spacecraft that looks so much like the, S uh, the, the Enterprise from Star Trek that somebody's getting sued. Actually, I think DC may have had the license here so around this time. So maybe they're not. Maybe they are. I don't know. Look into it, lawyers. And uh, I still don't know how you talked us into this, Superboy. Talk about a, a cosmic wild goose chase. And then Superboy's like, come off it, Wildfire. Mon-El could take care of things at headquarters fine. We deserve the night off. Yeah, but we're chasing a legend, Lightning Lad goes. It's an easy course. And Phantom Girl's all, Lightning Lad, you make those navigation computers sit up and do handstands. And uh, he's like, no, I'm merely projecting the star patterns based on our own history of facts, and if we have enough facts. What we don't have is the star. And Superboy's like, what? And, and Lightning Lad's like, these are the coordinates, Superboy. There should be, it. we should be in orbit around it now. But there's no star there. No sign of ever having been one either. Phantom Girl's like, that's impossible. Lightning Lad goes, agreed. But all that's in my scope is a little lonely planet, not a star. So, Wildfire, uh, Phantom Girl, Superboy, and Lightning Lad jump out of the spaceship, and they're like, I suppose it's ac academic to ask everyone wants to take a look around. I thought so. So Wildfire goes, and he's underwater. He's like, according to these shipboard readings, this planet could really use our help. But jeez... There sure is a weird way to spend Christmas Eve, and there's these weird um, 
creatures that are hanging on icebergs that are feeding each other weird grape-looking things. And he goes, then again, maybe these scaly dudes have the market cornered on weird. <laughs> the computer said they lived on plankton, like weed that grows on the seed surface. Except that the ever-increasing cold has frozen the food into ice, icebergs, and these yokels are trying to dig it out with their bare flippers. So this is what he does. He goes, okay, boys, back off. And he picks up an iceberg out of the water. And he goes, this is my this is my show now. And one of the things goes, Zergle Flurger? That's what it said. That's an actual word balloon. And so he throws the iceberg up in the air. And he blasts it with his... And he goes, carefully controlled burst of my energy powers. And voila. And they're all... And, and they're all the food is coming out of the iceberg. And he goes, I assume those awful noises were applause. But I don't really deserve it. That food only lasts days. And the ice age this planet is entering will last for centuries. Oh, they're all going to die. That's horrible. Anyway. Meanwhile. So, a Phantom Girl, Lightning Ladder, flying. And uh, there's a big fire in the in the forest. And Lightning Ladder said, that should be our mark our destination, Phantom Girl. And she goes, check Lightning Ladder. So they fly down. There's these little tiny creatures. And she's like, there they are, this planet's dominant race of land dwellers trying desperately to keep warm. So they're burning half the forest. And she goes, yes, but look, Lightning Lad, what they're, bur what? what they're burning to do that is their own crops. And he goes, that's crazy. They'll last the night and starve in the morning. And then she goes, uh, they must have run out of other things to burn. They're in a forest. I can see it from here. Anyway, one of them's even wandered into the fire. Keep back, lightning lad. This is the perfect rescue for me and my phantom form. And there's a little creature trapped in the fire. And, and, and uh, she goes, the flames can't touch me. And she goes, easy, ma'am. Okay, that's a woman. I've got you. And, and, and the thing goes, gurgle. She goes, the only question is, what do I do now? Yeah, you didn't think of that, did you? The flames are too close for me to fly or out, Lightning Lad. Any ideas? And he goes, just one, but I think it'll do. And she goes, and he, and she goes, you're using your lightning bolts on the crops. And he goes, that's right. I'm carving an area of bare rock. And she goes, there's nothing that could burn, right? Good trick, pal. And she picks up the thing and flies it away. And she goes, here you are, ma'am, home free. And all the little people are celebrating. And even if tomorrow still doesn't look any brighter. And then, uh, meanwhile, in the high forest a few miles from the shore, and there's, like, these bird creatures, and, um, the tree's falling, or the nest is falling out, and she goes, easy bird, and Superboy's all, easy bird lady, I got your nest. These ice storms may be battering your tree homes, but I don't think it's any, I don't think it's anything Superboy can't handle. They can't understand a word I'm saying, of course, but talking makes me feel better. I like how he has to do that, uh, to uh, verify he's not crazy. Because only crazy people talk to themselves like that. Um, if I'm going to these lengths to help an intelligent race, I at least want to pretend I know what I've done. And so he, he... Listen to this one. Digging out metallic ores to spin into cables, then using the cables to lash the nets... Latch the nests to the trees... I feel more like I'm building the Brooklyn Bridge 
than doing glorified bird watching. <laughs> and then, so all the Legionnaires are just, they're up there and they're looking, you know, they're looking at the bird people and the and the f people with the frozen food and then the fire people burning their own food. And the four Legionnaires reunited. And he's a pretty, wildfire's like, pretty picture maybe, Superboy's of, he goes, of death maybe. Fa la 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 la. And he goes, what else can we do, Superboy? We've compared notes. These races are all in hopeless situations. Even evacuation arcs couldn't get here soon enough. These aliens will make it. And, and Superboy flies off and he goes, Not alone, Phantom Girl. Come on, I want to try something. And he goes, Pass me the telepathic air bug plugs blah, 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 we could use to communicate in outer space. And Lightning Lad goes, sure, Superboy, why? And he goes, with a couple of minor adjustments, we could use these to put the three races into communication with each other. And Wildfire goes, like translators, right? And Superboy goes, right. Now listen closely. A few minutes later, near one of the hills along the coastline, Lightning Lad is just blasting it at the side of a mountain. And uh, Phantom Girl goes, wow, the cave looks like it's almost carved already. Good job, boys. Even if I don't know what the heck it's for. And uh, Lightning Lad and Wildfire are just shooting uh, at, at uh, building a cave. And he goes, and Lightning Lad says, Superboy gave us specifications, um, Phantom Girl, and that's enough for me. And she goes, sure, but but look, it's finished, silly. And, and they, there's like a stream in there now. And, uh, the cave's all done. He goes, oh, well, it looks like nothing wrong with a little polishing. Hey, Superboy's back. Superboy brings everybody, the all of the races together. And he goes, Superboy goes, in with friends, I might add. So I see, but uh, it's about time you told us what's up, said Lightning Lad. And, and Superboy goes, I wanted to make sure it worked first. You see, these are the clan chiefs of the three races. And this cavern will be their common home. Because it's because we sheltered it and gave it access to warm underground springs, the water dwellers can grow their crops here safely. Which they'll share with the land dwellers and trade for the land dwellers setting fires around the pool's edge to add to the warmth. And the bird-like species can contribute wood from the fires from their trees and trade for shelter for their young during the great storms. Alone, none of the three races could survive, but together, we should be able to hang on until the entire planets can arrange, oh, till the United Planets can arrange safe evacuation. And then Phantom Girl goes, gee, and we made it possible just by being here. And then uh, she goes, kind of warms your heart, doesn't it? And then Superboy goes, and that's what Christmas is supposed to do, Phantom Girl. It's caring. Helping. And he looks up and the star's there. And he goes, and maybe a brightly shining star in the sky that science says is impossible. And then Wildfire goes, Ah, oh, come off it, Superboy. You're still not pushing that star business. He goes, why not, Wildfire? Something brought us here on this Christmas Eve, didn't it? And they get in their rip-off enterprise. And they and instant they fly away, and super Superboy, um, I don't know where he got it, but 
he ripped up a tree, I guess, from the forest, and he somehow bought and got ornaments, and he's decorating a tree, and they're all sitting around, and Wildfire goes, I'm not saying it was anything more than Lightning Lad and a bum navigational computer, Superboy, but I guess I can't say it wasn't either. The saddened girl looks at, the, at us and says, Happy holidays from all of us to all of you. The end. Follow Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes every month in their own magazine. That is it. There's a long one, dudes. I know. I know. But you know what? Thank you for listening. I hope everybody is out there having a great Christmas or whatever you celebrate. And you're surrounded by people you love. And, you know, because that's what it's all about. And I won't get all mushy or nothing, but there you go. So that ends another year of Christmas craptaculars. And uh, I just want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And please visit our sponsor, InStockTrades.com, for all your shopping needs. Like I said, 30 to sometimes 70% off on their clearance item. And everything from manga manga to omnibus to trade paperbacks to you name it, it's there. So please check them out. InStockTrades.com. Like I said, for everybody here at uh, HHW LOD Network and the Black Box, happy holidays. And I'm going to do it one more time. One more time. (laughs) I can't resist it. Anyway, bye-bye. Happy holidays. Ha ha ha